You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. So, uh... What are we smoking this week, Brad? So this week, um, we are smoking um, Warfighter Tobacco Company's 50 Cal, and this is the filled uh, cigar, and this is going to sport a Habano Maduro um, wrapper, a Habano binder, and Habano... Habana, Habana, and a sprinkle of Columbia, <laughs> and and that's a touch of Columbia uh, for the fillers. So, uh, you know, Warfighter, we've talked about you know several, you know, the the company as a whole. Yeah, we did um, an interview with them. I don't know how many episodes long, long ago, but this is the first time we've actually got around to getting a couple of their cigars to <laughs> finally give them a review. Yeah, and I've been wanting to uh, get my hands on some Warfighter stuff. So, um, you know. We uh we now have that opportunity, and um, you know, with all of the uh, Habano and um, you know, it's it's kind of weird because this cigar, strength wise, smokes relatively light. Um, you know, it's yeah, kind of not like a little leathery, little woody. Um, you know, but it's, almost like a like a not a bitter coffeeness, but almost like a like a latte. You know, like cocoa type coffee taste. Well, and I think that's the, I think that's the Maduro. You know, because I mean, you know, oftentimes people look at the darkness of a cigar and automatically assume strength. But you know, a lot of times Maduro brings a sweetness to the wrapper, and um, you know, it's your habanos, your oscuro. Um, you know, uh, that you know brings that that spice that typically I look for. But I've got to say, you know, uh. All in all, I'm pretty impressed just right off the bat, you know? I mean, I'm I'm curious as we get through toward the latter part of the episode, you know, um, you know, if there's any changes in flavor profile. I will say that, you know, just the notes I'm picking up off of here, I'm 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 really tempted to go upstairs and, you know, pour some some woodford over over the rocks because i'm thinking that this is going to make yes, a great be a pairing cigar. yes and if you know anyone remembers way back when we did our interview before their tobacco was dominican and also you know each of their their blends uh, which is all is like 50 cal the 762 the 556 they had the field grade and the garrison grade which at that time in our interview, there was no difference in the in the blend. It was just a uh, a banding. It, you know, one of them had a nicer band than the other. But since then, they've moved um, suppliers, and now the, all their cigars are made with Nicaraguan tobacco mostly. And the field and the garrison now is two different blends in each of the the five styles. So, you know, we've got the field grade Maduro, but then there's also the the garrison uh, fifty cal, which is now has like a a scuro. Uh, Maduro wrapper and some other differences in the blend. So they went from three blends to now like seven. Uh, so they're, you know, kind of expanding and, and, and growing. It looks like. And, you know, I, as I smoke a cigar, I tried to, you know, do different, you know, draw methods and the retro hell on the cigar 
dude, it just changes to like a completely different cigar. You know, I mean, you get a bit more of the spice, but the aroma, you know, really does something to the palate and just, you know, really brings out a a complexity and uh it's crazy how, you know, one cigar, a couple of different, you know, draw techniques can really change up the flavor. You know, for beer connoisseurs out there, you know, it's the same as, you know, different varieties of beer and glassware styles and, you know, how vastly you can change flavor profiles that way. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm definitely going to probably try some more of, uh, more of their stuff. I'd like to get one of the samplers so I can try, like, all of their blends but yeah i i'm digging this so far and you know if if you're going to be a warfighter you should probably call in the strike force strikeforceenergy.com use your promo code cigar nerds for 20 percent off your order you know get you fired up for uh for whatever you're doing and they come in the tiny little pouches don't need a can kick the can yeah and the other thing i like about these warfighter cigars is their labels of you know bearded dude smoking a cigar so it's like oh it looks like us <laughs> I don't know. I think he's got a bit more, um, you know, swag and badassery than we do. I know that's a pretty. Well, sweet I don't beard. know. You, you've got the glasses, so I mean, <laughs> dude, I'm. I, I... Wait a I, second. I just need a sweet helmet. <laughs> uh, I'm. I'm. I'm pretty sure this label might be a, a self-portrait. I don't know. I'll take a selfie with it. And see, <laughs> see if you can spot the difference. So this week we're going to be talking about. A Marvel movie, but you know, not uh, one of our traditional. We're talking about an animated movie, Into the Spider Spider Verse. Ah, if I can say that right, <laughs> I know big words. It's it's it's, it's difficult. <laughs> big words hard. And with that, we'll be right back. Thermometers, 2,000 surrounding us, travel 2,000 kilometers to hang out with us. What's up, danger? What's up, danger? Hey, didn't know they doubted us, makes it that more marvelous. Sign them up, cause I'm in this vibe, and I get synonymous. What's up, danger? Hey, don't be a stranger, cause I like high chances that I might lose. I like it all on the edge, just like you. And welcome back to the cigar verse. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> That's our own movie. <laughs> we we meet up and smoke with other cigar nerds from alternate universes. And we, Into the uh, smoke verse. That'll be our. Uh, we just create a big movie. smoke cloud and you know choke <laughs> out our foes. I guess I don't know. Is that can that be a thing? <laughs> we start drawing our own uh, own comic book. So yeah, this week we're talking about the like huge like when this first advertised. I'm like, eh, it's an animated Spider-Man movie, you know. Whatever, kids thing. But then it came out, and then it's still, I mean, December 14th of last year, and here we are in, like, you know, nearly February 14th, and the shit's still in theaters. So, I mean, this thing has, like, 
unexpectedly just blown up. Well, I got to say, like, you know, I was late to seeing this. So I went Friday and saw it. And, dude, it was almost a, you know, sold out, you know. Mm. I, I think I counted maybe four open seats left in the auditorium. Like, it was... Kind of odd, you know. Normally when I wait that long, it's like me and three other people. And that's kind of what I was anticipating. That is not at all, you know, what I got. And it was, you know, and it wasn't just parents, you know, bringing in younger kids or anything either. You know, there were a lot of, you know, just fellow geeks there, you know, checking out, you know, the the film, you know, probably for like the 50th time. But, uh, you know. Yeah, because that was definitely me. I went to see it uh, like last sunday and still yeah there was still a lot of people in the theater and you know it kind of took me a while to like get around to seeing this i'm like yeah it's an animated movie but yeah but yeah it was definitely unexpected and thinking it being going to be a kid's film this had a lot of like like dark serious moments i mean not super dark but definitely serious moments yeah, that was kind of my takeaway from this um so i guess with no further ado if you haven't seen the film from here on out spoiler alert warning whatever it's been two months <laughs> it's fair game um, yeah directed by bob uh Persecci, peter rousis and rodney rathery i can't pronounce shit tonight but yeah Ninety million dollar budget has made three hundred and fifty million so far, which is is huge for a you know a animated movie. I mean, it's it's been nominated for for an Oscar for best animated so far. So I mean, you know, not only is it you know a superhero movie getting an Oscar nod, you know, it's a, a you know an animated movie as well. So it's like this is kind of unheard of so far. You know, except you know, we talked about I think Black Panthers up for an Oscar as well, which is, which is kind of revolutionary, but it's like superhero culture is now finally making its way into like being respectable as far as like, you know, the arts community goes. It's cool to be a nerd. Yeah. It's the new mainstream. Um, but I gotta say like, you know, I, I mean, I've always been a big fan of the animated Spider-Man films, you know, I, I mean, going back to, the Ultimate Spider-Man. We've touched on that, and you know, yeah. I mean, it's it's lighthearted, it's funny. I mean, it's the young, quirky Peter Parker, you know, that hasn't quite got a grip on everything yet. And I was kind of anticipating the same thing with this, but I don't know how I feel about this modern 3D animation style. Like that, that trips me out because it's. It, kind it, it, of, it it almost looks too good, and I'm yeah. like, it 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 doesn't feel animated in the way that you know I would typically describe you know 2D it's animation. Not what I like. I said it's not quite like anime, but then it's also not quite that like kind of like the bad CGI animation. It's like yeah, it's it's definitely looks like a, like a different style stylization than I'm used to in, in animated features. Plus, it's like. Kind of remind me if you ever remember the the '90s uh, Spider-Man cartoon, which was like heavily like back when CGI was like first becoming like you know doing digital animation, uh, and so like everything was like super super digitally animated. <laughs> it's, it kind of had that feeling, almost like a a video game uh, uh, would be nearly. But yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, it's just it was kind of weird. Like you know, I'm not knocking it, but. It almost looks too polished. 
I mean, especially that, that uh, like I said, we'll get into details later, but that scene where they're, when he's first learning how to swing and they're swinging through like a forest, and it, which is you know, kind of a incongruent uh, location for a Spider-Man. You usually see him zipping through buildings. Had very much like, you know, I could see ninjas running through the, <laughs> it was like, this is like, you know, just reminded me of like some like freaking ninja movie because, you know, dude's just kind of jumping from tree to tree. All nimbly bimbly. Nimbly bimbly. <laughs> Way to work that in. Good job. Not I something I anticipated. <laughs> Never know what you're going to oh. get. But yeah, this uh, this movie is, uh, yeah, stars uh, Samik, Samik Mor- I can't pronounce shit tonight. Anyway, playing Miles Morales, which is a alternate universe uh, Spider-Man from a, a world where there is no Peter Parker or there's no longer a Peter Parker in the comic books. And I, I liked how they kind of inter introduced uh, him as a, uh, before he even gets into his spider powers, he's, you know, you see his kid like, you know, jamming out to music and, and, you know, writing graffiti, but then, Oh no, this kid's like a genius. I mean, his dad's a cop, his mom's a nurse and this kid's getting, going to some kind of exclusive, like smart kid school. So it's like, not your traditional like oh this is uh you know going to be like an inner city story or whatnot no this kid's just as smart as like you know the Peter Parker we've we've known as Spider Man so far and but just kind of um, going back from a, uh, like an adult Spider Man more to like you know the Spider Man we now have in the MCU which is like a younger rookie Spider Man well I mean and that was. One of the things that I, I really liked was the setup, you know, because yes, like like you said, you know, he's got a lot of propensity, highly intelligent, but at the same time, like, he just wants to be cool, have some fun shui, and, you know, ha- have a little bit of swagger. Can we still say swagger? I, I, I don't know. I, I haven't heard if that's bad yet or not. You know, okay. we'll, we'll well, see how protests we get. <laughs> you said swagger. You're advertising body spray. We don't like body spray. Destroys oh. the environment. Yeah. But yeah, he's like, you know, genius level, but he doesn't want to be. He's like, I just want to like, you know. I want to be a kid. Yeah, I want to do graffiti. I want friends. And, 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 you know, like, so he's like, he's like, you know, trying his best to get like thrown out of this <laughs> this advanced school. Like he he uh, like gets a complete zero in his like first test. He's like, oh, I got a zero. I guess I fail out. She's like, you know, do you know the odds of just randomly guessing uh you would get like a 50-50. To get every question wrong, that means you had to know every question, the right answer, to make sure you got the wrong answer. So, yeah, you get 100. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he can't even, like, you know, cheat his way out of it. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't know, but it, it was kind of cool because, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm – Sort of, I, I know the name, Miles, and, you know, a little bit of, yeah, it takes place in an alternate universe, but, you know, the the background and the build-up, you know, it, the film started slower than I anticipated, you know, I, I kind of expected that right off the bat, you know, everybody would have their superpowers and whatnot, but I, it took a lot more serious, uh, turn like what you had talked about previously that I was expected. It wasn't the lighthearted, oh, it's just going to be, you know, funtainment. No, it's 
<laughs> hey, we're going to hit on some pretty hardcore issues, but, you know, with a animated, you know, kind of topic so we can keep it PG for the kids, but, you know, we're going to hit you in the feels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I liked uh, how it starts with the, and it keeps going back to that, the origin story of Spider-Man, where he's like, where it starts off with, you know, that world's Peter Parker, who has who is an established Spider-Man. I think he says he's been, you know, Spider-Man for whatever, six years, six, ten years, something like that. And he's like, goes through kind of his like whole highlight reel. Like, you know, you know, this is who I am. This is how I got my powers with great power comes responsibility. I'm like, all right, now we don't have to do anything more. Let's get into where our, our story's at. And like I said, you know, it starts off, you know, following the kid, but in a world where there has been a successful Spider-Man and his dad being a cop is like, ah, I don't really like the Spider-Man guy. He just kind of like shows up and like, you know, kicks everybody's ass and then takes off and then like, who's left with the paperwork? You know, us. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, so I, you know, that brings up a good point. Does law enforcement have an issue with so many superheroes because, you know, of the whole kind of vengeance operating outside of the law? Or is it just for the sheer fact that, Crap, now somebody's got to clean up this mess and process the paperwork and, you know. My question, you never see, especially in Spider-Man, you never see anyone, like, going to court and testifying on these people that get arrested. <laughs> like, Spider-Man leaves a guy hanging in an alley, like, yeah, this guy robbed a store, peace out. Like, who's going to testify against this guy, <laughs> you know? Like, they never show, show, like, the guy getting released later on because there's no evidence to... uh <laughs> Hold him because <laughs> oh my god i can i can just see it now like you know there's going to be a a tv series or something that's just going to be you know one of the freaking crime scene dramas like where it just <laughs> processes everything like so many of the you know you, you've got the ncis you had lucifer's you've got you know all these other you got shows. The Marvel legal team yes like <laughs> <laughs> i so, mean i mean they did touch on it you know i mean i think Daredevil, you know, was a good stepping stone. I mean, you know, they had a lot of, you know, the due process. Uh, law and order, law. MCU. <laughs> like, oh, I could really see that being a thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm just always wondering, like, how do they pro- you know, process these crimes? <laughs> but, I mean, at the same time, like, I'm all for due process. But, I mean, there comes a time where, you know, guilty's guilty. Like, we... <laughs> No, we're just going to hang you out to dry because no need to tie up taxpayer funding and everything else, you know, for a a a long trial when hey, it's it's black and white, case closed. <laughs> oh yeah, but uh you know, you've got Miles uh law and order parents and then you got his kind of shady uh artistic uh, uncle that you know don't really know what he does, but he just kind of looks just slightly shady. <laughs> well, I mean, at the beginning, you look at it, and, you know, I, I was, like, under the impression, right? You know, I mean, okay, yeah. I, I mean, I think a lot of times, especially artistic people, their minds operate, you know, sometimes a little bit differently than mainstream society. They see things from a different perspective. That's what allows a lot of the creative freedom to flow and everything. And, you know, like, I was 
had already made up. Okay, there's going to be, you know, some major misdirection here. They're going to make him look like, you know, he's the outlaw and everything else. But, you know, it turns out that, you know, he's just an, an artist and a good dude. But what a twist. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, at first you're like, you know, since, you know, he's kind of sneaks off to hang out with the uncle and it seems like his dad. Like, you think, oh, you know, dad's a cop. Uncle's going to be some kind of like, you know, freaking gang member or something. And he has a lot of like high dollar shit in his house, like some like nice computers and big screen TVs. But then he, he mentions like that he was like an, uh, an electrical engineer, I think. Uh, Cause it you know, when he takes him to the, he's like, you know, ask him about his artwork and stuff. He's like, yeah, but try to put stickers up. But dad keeps telling, making too many. He's like, hold on. I got, I got a place we can practice that, you know, no one's going to care about and takes him to this like abandoned like subway area. And he's like, yeah, how do you know about this? He's like, oh, I did some engineering, like, you know, electrical work down here uh, before. So he's like, she's like, oh, he's like, you know, a dude who's, you know, you know, does like, you know, like electrical engineering and and like a a decent, like kind of construction tech job. He just, you know, know, music and art is his hobbies. And then later on we get that like 360. Oh, no, he he was a gangster. (laughs) He was just high powered uh, time game he was a straight up uh, freaking uh, marvel villain yes and and you know i mean that was a a great kind of misdirection that i i really didn't see you know playing out you know that way i i, I don't know like i said you know there was a lot more seriousness in this story than the lighthearted feel good oh it's going to be fun film that I thought I was getting. <laughs> yeah. And of course, while, you know, he's down there letting, uh, let miles blow off steam and, and do his artwork. You know, of course the Spider-Man movie, some kind of radio- radioactive spiders got a body dude, or we got no Spider-Man movie, <laughs> but then like his, you know, we've seen multiple, multiple versions of that first day as Spider-Man from, from Peter Parker, who's always like, kind of had to figure it out on his own uh, in any of the incarnations, you know, and we get that with miles with his like, you know, case of, you know, Oh shit, I've got powers and stuff now. And, uh, but at the same time, he's in a world where there is a Spider-Man. So he's like, you know, goes back to the subway. He's like, nah, I'm just, I'm just tripping. It's going to be a completely normal spider. (laughs) There's no way it's a super radioactive spider. And he's like reading the Spider-Man comics where like in the comics, you know, he, they've written his like origin of the radioactive spider and shit. And he's kind of, as he's experiencing stuff, he's seeing it in his comic books. So it's like, is you know, he's freaked out, but you know, there's actual something to, uh, <laughs> kind of looked up to like, Oh, I'm not the only one that's dealing with this shit. Cause someone else has, or at least, you know, the comic based on the real dude has, has gone through this shit. And then when he goes back to find the spider and confirm, he ends up finding himself right in the middle of a freaking uh, Green Goblin Spider-Man <laughs> battle because uh, there's a, a underground hidden lab with good old Wilson Fisk. Uh, you know, I like seeing a big fat Wilson Fisk too. I mean, we've gotten kind of used to the the uh, <laughs> Daredevil <laughs> version of Wilson Fisk, but seeing the like ridiculously large comic book version of Fisk is is. I, I'm kind of, I kind of miss that. Uh, that image. Yes, absolutely. I, I don't know. You know, I mean, it was kind of interesting. You know, the tying how the universes, you know, got so discombobulated because, uh, you know, it was only what a couple of years ago that you know everybody was freaking out about the, 
you know, freaking collider, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, oh, we're going to create, you know, a bunch of mini black holes and it's going to consume the earth or anything. There's probably a lot of true basis <laughs> <laughs> that um, this film, you know, has now created, you know, regarding said collider and, and. <laughs> It's yeah. like, oh, it's not that it's going to consume the world. It's just going to fuck up all the dimensions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and we'll get into, like, why this experiment. Because it's like, you know, of course, it's Wilson Fisk, and he's got his uh his Always got to have a motive. Crew of bad guys uh, with the Prowler, who looks kind of like a purple Deadpool with a cape. <laughs> You've got Tombstone and and uh, the Green Goblin in this first uh first kind of battle and they're all fighting Spider-Man and you know, he runs into miles and it's like the spider uh, sense tingles. He's like, Oh shit, you're like me. And he's like, I'll tell you what kid, I got to destroy this thing. Uh, Cause you know, there's always a, a freaking USB drive or something that'll, that'll stop the end of the world. It's, it's happened so many damn times. So I'm going to plug this in. I'm going to blow this shit up so he doesn't destroy the planet. And then I'm going to teach you how to be a Spider-Man. Yeah. Just hang out. I'll be right back. But, you know, that was kind of the weird thing, you know, too, is why the hell does he call it a goober? It's not a fucking peanut. Like, <laughs> you know, can they not just say, you know, thumb drive or anything? Like, you It's know, a doohickey. There's always a doohickey. Like, you know, I, I just, it was just weird wording. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but it's like, you know. Kind of like the old horror movie cliche, don't say I'll be right back, because you won't be. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to go save the world, kid, and I'll be back, and I'll, I'll be your freaking uh, Yoda and teach you the ways of the spider force. And then shit blows up, and he gets like caught out to a bunch of rubble, and he's like, promise me, whatever happens, you're going to blow up this machine. Here's my goober, which sounded weirder than I meant it. And then freaking Wilson Fisk comes out and beats him to death. You're like, oh, shit, there goes fucking Yoda before he taught him anything. <laughs> and even him, he's like... Fuck! I just got Spider-Man killed, and I'm like, I've got this thing. I don't. Uh, how, how am I going to save the universe now? Because I'm like, yeah, I have nothing but Spider-Man's goober in my hand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the ultimate rookie. I have, uh, you know, great power comes great responsibility, and all that. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> yes, just gotta embrace the power of the goober. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, no matter how serious the moment was, like, that just kind of took you out of the moment. Like, I, <laughs> I guess that just speaks to my level of immaturity. <laughs> but then they, I don't think... All I could think of was peanuts. I don't think anybody called it a goober until later on. <laughs> like, in the moment, it was... I don't think he, he called it, like, here, take my goober and save the world. It was until we meet so, other Peter Parker so later. Now, they now the podcast, the you know... Oh, my God. Is this going to be like another Ass Blasters episode where we're trying I mean, to see how many times we can say goober? Well, I mean, <laughs> I feel like we've already done that. I mean, you've already talked about taking the goober in the heat of the moment. And, I mean, shit's already just taken a, a nosedive south. And then he screwed around and broke his goober. <laughs> Which you never want to do that. <laughs> Can't save the world with a broken goober. <laughs> I mean, it's just just some, you know, a cartridge. I mean, cartilage. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the hell's happening. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, after Miles panics and, and leaves and goes home and, you know, his parents just think he's freaking out about the whole school thing. 
and don't know he's just like witnessed his first homicide <laughs> and his hero is literally died in front of him. Well, and, and I mean that was the other thing too is you know, weight, you know the sure weight of the responsibility he, uh, he's now under. You know, goes back and you know talk tries to talk to his dad and like, you know, hey, you know, how do you really feel about this guy? And you know his dad, you know, just oblivious to the fact that, you know, some serious shit's gone down. It's just like nah, you know. Screw that Spider-Man character, you know, <laughs> just somebody that wears a mask. <laughs> but then, like, the next day when it comes out that, you know, Spider-Man is dead and, like, the whole world's now, it's like, you know, his his identity is revealed as, you know, Peter Parker and, and you know, and the world you know, of New York is, like, mourning the loss of their, their hero. The kid's, like, he, he at least tries to step up and he's like, all right. I made this promise to Spider-Man. I got to figure this out. So what's he do? He goes to a comic book shop to get a to get a super suit, <laughs> and buys a uh, Halloween spider. And we get our potentially f- final Stan Lee cameo. We don't know yet. Yeah, but- I, I, I'm I'm kind of curious to see you know how many cameos and stuff you know he already had recorded. You know because. I mean, that's that's the thing that sucks now is, you know, there, there's going to be that film where that yeah. cameo is not going to be there. And, you know, it's... and just, you know, this particular cameo after Stan, I, I teared up a little. It like no lie, because I was like, oh, my God, it's Stan. And the, and the things he says to him, too, where he's like, yeah, because, you he's... know, the kids, you know, hey, so what happens if the suit doesn't, you know, fit? And he's like. You know, the suit always fits and yeah, it's just, suit, you know. he's like, eventually the suit always fits. And he's like, and he's like, you know, we were friends. I, you know, I knew him. I, you know, so he was, he, you know, we were friends and all that. Cause like, that's one thing um, with the whole, uh, the suit always fits. You know, I've seen in interviews, like Spider-Man was one of his Stan's like favorite creations because he was like Superman or freaking you know, Captain America, all these, you know, the Hulk, you can't really imagine yourself in their shoes. But with Spider-Man, his, he's mask head to toe. Like, you know, of course you, you know what Peter Parker looks like, but with the mask on, it could literally be anybody. So any kid can picture himself or herself as, as Spider-Man, because you don't really know what Spider-Man looks like, you know, under, underneath the mask, you just see freaking Spider-Man. So he's, Spider-Man kind of had a, a particular place in, in Stan's heart from, from what I've, I've read. So yeah, but that, that whole, like, the suit always fits eventually, <laughs> even though there's a sign bottom no refunds. <laughs> but it just, I don't know. It's like I don't know if uh, if Stan was still alive, if that cameo would have had as much like meaning. But yeah, that one was like one that like just kind of hit me right right in the face. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing, man. Is you know, oftentimes we get the lighthearted, you know, joking cameos, but that was one of the the more serious, and it's just like. I mean, I, I I think for me, kind of the the whole tone of the movie changed after that. Yeah, Cause, I mean, it was kind of expected like a, a kids film from the start, but then once you know Peter Parker of this universe dies, uh, and then you get that Stan Lee cameo talking about how he's gonna miss his friend. Yeah, you know, it, yeah. It, it, Shit got a lot ser- <laughs> more serious, and it got you know com- comedic later on. But for for a few, you're like, oh shit, this is like <laughs> a real film. This isn't <laughs> yeah. a Saturday morning cartoon. 
Yeah, I, I you know, I mean, that was, like I said, that was a, a pivotal moment for me that, you know, just kind of, all right, well, <laughs> damn onion cutting ninjas. Yeah, and then you get him, like, you know, him running around trying to, like, figure out how to be Spider-Man, and he breaks his goober, and then goes to, like, Peter Parker's grave to be like, man, I'm sorry, I, I know I made you a promise, but I've already fucked up, and it's only day one. And then Peter B. Parker from from another universe comes and, like, taps him on his shoulder, and he, like, accidentally tasers him because he's like, doesn't know his powers yet. <laughs> and then has to, like, run away because now he's, like, stuck to him, uh, and the cops are chasing him. And that whole little, like, chase scene of, like, the cops chasing him while he's, like, dragging an unconscious Spider-Man behind him because <laughs> he doesn't know how to, like, disengage the <laughs> the webbing or anything else yet. And it's like, we've got a kid in a spider-man uh, costume dragging a corpse through uh <laughs> through behind a train <laughs> like uh okay <laughs> got very weakened at bernie's for a second yes, <laughs> yes absolutely uh but yeah i mean that, that's the thing though i mean all of a sudden you got sticky palms and uh i don't know i mean you know and that's that was another one of the great, you know, kind of comedic moments, too, is, you know, when he's actually like, okay, well, you know, I've got to reintegrate, so it's back to school and my day-to-day, and he's like, oh, oh shit, sticky, <laughs> unstick, how does this work? And, you know, yes, like, and he, uh, oh, his, his uh, uncle told him the bad advice about meeting a girl when he first runs into uh Gwen, who will later learn is you know Spider Gwen from an, another universe. He's like, you just got to put your hand on her shoulder and be like, hey. <laughs> and he tries it, and then it gets stuck to her. Ends up like ripping out a handful of hair. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it was like, oh, of all the days to try to try to mac, uh, it just was not a, a good time. <laughs> but she got a sweet haircut out of it. <laughs> and you know, speaking of uh, Gwen Stacy, uh, who's paid by. Haley Steinfeld, who we just talked about in the Bumblebee movie. Yes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, when he, you know, his, he gets the Yoda he needs and not the Yoda he wanted, because like I said he, uh, you know, wakes up, uh, you know, this other Peter Parker who is a little bit older, you know, like this era is, it says he's been Spider-Man for like six years where this other Spider-Man has been Spider-Man for like 10, 15 years or whatever. He's like a little bit older, a little bit more out of shape. And then it goes into his, like, like pretty much exactly at, like the origin thing they did for the first Spider-Man. He's like, he's like, let's do this one more time. I'm Peter Parker and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, and then I got divorced because I was afraid of having kids. And I ended up in an apartment by myself. And I just ate tacos and pizza all day. And I got a little fat. And then this portal opened up and I ended up here. <laughs> he's like kind of a down on his luck, like, you know. Like washed up Spider-Man. Well, no, you, you know what I thought. He's that the, I'm getting too old for the shit rig Spider-Man. It was the emo Toby Maguire Spider-Man, <laughs> and I I think it was a direct. Didn't punch. even they make a joke about like yes. singing at one point? Yes. <laughs> like so. That that is emo Toby Maguire. It makes so much sense now. Yes. Like <laughs> in, in, in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> shots fired. But yeah, he's got him like. In his uncle's place, he tries to call his uncle for help, and he's like, I'm going to be out of town for a while. And he's got him, like, tied up to, like, the punching bag, and that whole, like, the bag keeps turning as he's trying to question him, and he's like, spin, spin this way. But then he's like, he's like, come on, you got to teach me. And he's like, he's like, I just got to get back to my like, I ain't, you know, time for your shit. And he's like, all right, here's the first lesson. Don't watch the mouth. Watch the hands. And he's like, Psh, and, like it escaped, and 
And uh, while he was like, you know, talking all this shit, and then you know, eventually has to, you know, teach, you know, guilt him into helping him. <laughs> as long as you go buy me tacos or wherever the hell they go, <laughs> could eat. So I don't have any money in this universe. You gotta like, you know, I didn't have my wallet when I got zapped into your reality. <laughs> But I mean that was, that was the cool thing was seeing all of the different you know dimensions of Spider-Man you know and uh, you know one that we got introduced later on you know the film noir Spider-Man yes played by Nick Cage yes <laughs> oh because that's one thing you know he's like you know he shows him the the thumb drive he's like oh that's a goober he's like what he's like there's always some kind of goober to save the world that's what I called him <laughs> it's like it seems like everything has some kind of like secret code that's gonna save us. But you broke it, so now we got to go to wherever I got this from in this in this uh, realm and, and get another one. And then like they they run into this version of Doc Ock, who's who's a lady, uh, <laughs> and find out this whole thing like, oh, like you're you're not from our universe. You stay here too long. You're gonna like all your parts are gonna fall off and whatnot. And then your new Spider Man is like, I got stealth powers and electroshock. He's like got all this stuff that he like doesn't know how to use. But that whole, like, him teaching him to, to swing when he gets it's basically out. like being Batman. It's like you got all these unlimited tools, but, you know, no 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 real training. It's learn as you go. <laughs> but that whole thing, like, the, he's like, I can't figure out how to, I'm just going to steal the whole computer. <laughs> he's like, oh, but then they're, like, swinging away, trying to, like, get away from the, he's like, he's like, flick and release. Flick and release. <laughs> Uh, and then they run into so Spider Gwen shows up and saves them, and it's like, oh, you're not the only one who sucked here from a another another realm. And they're like, well, what would I do if this was my world? He's like, got to go to Aunt Aunt May's. Like that's a, that's a place where we can hide out, and because his Aunt May is dead, and they get there, and this Spider Man's Aunt May was alive. And I love that whole thing. She's like, I know why you're here. Like you're not the first to come looking for me. <laughs> and you're like, what? He's like. Let me show you like my Peter's shed. And he's like, yeah, I got a shed in my world too. And then it opens up and it's like, oh no, this is like a high tech elevator down to this like spider. And there's like, you see all these little cameos of like weird Spider-Man. Yes, there's like all the, the spider bike and the spider dune buggy and, and all this stuff. And then there's like a whole, like almost like Iron Man, like wall of different versions of spider suits. <laughs> and at one point he's like, no, there's no cape. He's like, can I have a cape? No. And he's like, Hey, look, dude had one with a cape. Like, Whatever. kid. <laughs> and that's when we get like, the full spider team. You get spider noir who's from a, and, and like I said, I like the, how they do, cause they've done the intros on Gwen and this Peter. And, and then they're like, they're doing like all three of the other Spider-Mans like simultaneously, <laughs> which I thought was kind of, kind of funny. We, cause you got spider pig from the cartoon universe, Spider-Man noir from like forties, like hard detective novels. And then like Japanese anime, future spider. who was like, who's a girl who has a mind link with a spider who lives in a robot suit. <laughs> well, you know, and it was crazy too. Cause you know, walking around dragon con, you know, and you go into the gaming room and they've got all of the unique, you know, Japanese arcade machines that have all the crazy spinny knobs and everything that you or I would walk up to that and be like, I have no fucking clue where to even begin because there isn't just a joystick and some buttons to press. <laughs> yeah. And you know, so I was like, you know, the whole time as she's, you know, controlling the device and stuff, it's like she's playing a Japanese arcade. <laughs> yeah, I did like how they kind of each version of Spider-Man, they, they 
kind of tweaked the anime style just a little. So they all kind of looked like they were from different universes nearly. And, and they even did that in the, uh, the ultimate Spider-Man cartoon where they did like kind of a, a into the spider verse series where they had like Spider-Man 2099 and like when they were in each of the different worlds, the anime style changed uh, depending on what, you know, planet they were <laughs> or universe they were in at the time, which I thought was cool. And I, I like how, this Aunt May is almost like Spider-Man's uh, Alfred. Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, she's like, she's like, I know everything. She's, she's in on everything. She, yeah. Uh, she's like, come down to my, my spider cave. So where do we get a cool shed? You, you've got a shed. We've, we've got to make a cool. I need the high tech uh, elevator. Down to, if I win the lottery, I'm building a spider shed. <laughs> I'll just dig a hole. I feel like. uh, That's a start. Speaking of the art style, I did like how whenever Fisk turned on his machine to try to, and we'll get into why he's doing this in a second, because we haven't got around to talking about the bad guy of this film yet, but when it shows like all the universe is kind of combining and things just start kind of glitching out, it looked very much like a computer game glitching or something. Like This is like the Matrix is fucking up. <laughs> and It even, was pixels. Yeah. <laughs> and even when the Spider-Men and women and... And pigs, like when they would have their like you know kind of like stroke moments when when you know, they keep feeling pain because they're in the wrong universe, it looked very much like some kind of like computer programming glitching. I I, I thought that was kind of a cool way to to display that uh, <laughs> that problem. Well, I mean, how else are you going to show you know the atoms combining and emerging and you know cellular you know cellular fuckery? Yes. <laughs> But yeah, and that's a whole uh, lot of discombobulation going yeah. on. But yeah, that whole the, the, like the the things that happen when he turns on the shit just just looks looked really cool. But yeah, let's talk about our villains uh, for a second because we've got uh, uh, this uh, <laughs> this world's Doc Ock, but uh, Wilskin Fisk. You know, I always say I like a villain that doesn't think he's a villain. It's always like way more interesting than like say a Skeletor who is like evil for evil's sake. Where they give him a thing where he's he's not really to him is not a bad guy, and in this universe, apparently his family, uh, wife and kid, didn't know he was a villain, and walked in on him like trying to kill Spider Man, and like left him in flee and got hit by a semi and died. So he's trying to find an alternate version of his wife and son that haven't left him and are still alive that he can bring into his universe and and replace the the family he has lost. You know, so to him, it's like, you know, I'm not trying to destroy the world. I'm trying to save my family, which makes him infinitely more interesting than some dude who's just evil for the fuck of it. Yes. And, and you know, like you had already talked about, you know, just the the visual style that they did, you know, and, and you know, really, you know, it's always alluded how powerful Wilson Fisk is. But, you know, this, they made him so much more larger than life that, you know, it, it really, you know, does something to back up the the ego and the perception and everything else of, of Fisk. And um, I don't know. It, it was kind of a toss-up because at the same time I was like, kind of kind of resembles the penguin. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> That was that's kind of a vibe I got. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, very. Uh, I mean, we got the spider cave. We've got you know. I mean, 
Very 40s gangsterish. Yes, uh, you know, it was definitely a, a, a meshing of multiple fandoms for me <laughs> that I was like, ah, I can see your influence there. <laughs> and, and I um, do like, you know, the, you know, the they're like, well, someone has to stay behind to close the gate, you know, and whoever's going to do that is going to die. And, and Miles is like, hey, this is... The, I made that promise to him. I'm the one that needs to stay behind. And they're like, no, you're a rookie. There's no way you can, we can get you up to speed in time to like stop this. So, you know, he gets kind of pissed off and leaves and goes back to his like uncle's place. And then the big reveal that, oh shit, his uncle's the prowler, <laughs> which like I said, originally thought he was, he was possibly shady. I'm like, oh no, he's just a good dude. And then, nope, he's actually shady. <laughs> <laughs> he's a freaking hit man for uh Wilson Fisk with, you know, Badass purple uh, Deadpool outfit. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, like pursues him back to, you know, Aunt May's place and, and, you know, shenanigans ensue with everybody uh, trying to kill the spider people. All within the living room, for crying yes. out loud. Like, all and Aunt these... May's kind of a bad, she's like, y'all need to take this outside. And eventually, like, she smacks one of them with a bat and knocks him out of the window. He's like, I said take this outside. <laughs> Aunt May's a badass in this world. Aunt May's like, this is a safe zone. You <laughs> yeah. know. That's like the one place that's off limits. Yeah. Don't fuck up Aunt May's house, man. She'll beat you with a bat. <laughs> but even like after that, you know, he he his, he's having to fight his uncle and his you know, you get that uh whole like, you know, I am your father, but it's like I am your nephew, and he's like, Oh shit, I can't kill him. And then he gets whacked by uh, <laughs> by Fisk because he doesn't uh, refuses to kill the kid, and and then his dad finds him like grieving over his body and thinks Spider Man, you know, killed his killed brother. His brother, yep. But then he uh, he goes back to his his dorm, and the 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 Spider People show up, and <laughs> I like that them like hiding on the ceiling because the roommate walks in, <laughs> and they're like. Go to this way. Oh, no, no, he's turning around. Let's go this way. <laughs> he finally sees him and just passes out. But then they're like, because at this point he's like, no, like I'm, I've got to do this. And they're like, no, you're, you're a liability kid. Like, you know, well, washed it, up Peter will stay behind. Uh, well, you know, I kind of like, you, you know, how they, you know, put him on the spot and they're like, okay, you know, here's your chance to prove yourself, you know, make yourself invisible or, you know, do this thing. And it's like, yeah, you, you, you He's don't. Like, no, I can't do that on command. You know, and it's like, you know, they they try to give him the benefit of a doubt, but he just can't ever seem to execute. Yeah, and he, he wants to help, but then like you know, Peter has to show him like you're not ready, and like grabs him. He's like, all right, Venom smack me on command, do it. And he's like, can't get out of the hold. He's like, see, you know, you're you're gonna get yourself hurt. I can't let you get killed. I can't let another Spider Man die. And like ties him to the chair. He's like, you know, one day you'll be a Spider-Man, but let me take one for the team and do this. And they all go off to, to, uh, try to stop Fisk from destroying the world. And then, you know, while he's tied up, his dad like shows up and like, you know, they kind of have a, an emotional moment, uh, through the door since he's tied to the chair and can't really talk, but he finally gets that, you know, great power comes great responsibility. Like I've started this, I've got to finish it. And, he kind of finally gets control of his powers at that point. Once he finally gets in the kind of the right headspace and is able to, you know, break the bonds and goes back to, uh, you know, the spider cave 
and Aunt May is just waiting for him. Like, like I said, like the very like Alfred. <laughs> just yes. he's like she's like took you long enough, kid. What do you need? <laughs> and he gets his, his first official non Halloween costume spider suit that he's uh you know modified one of uh, Peter's suits to to give it a, give it a little flair, a little graffiti esque, and uh, goes off to to uh, save everybody's ass because they're all you know getting their ass kicked uh, against the Legion of Doom. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know I I don't know. I mean, you know. It, and at that point, it it kind of became the the superhero movie, you know. That's where we've started getting, you know, some of our really good, you know, battle sequences yeah. and you know that type of thing. And you know, that whole fighting in the collider with like the different universes phasing and in and out and like buildings as complex and as confusing as that could have been. I think they did a very good job of. Yeah, it just didn't become like. Like conglomerated colors, yeah, or color anything, salad you know? where you're like like transformer some of the transformers where you're like i don't know what's going on in this action sequence there's things hitting other things <laughs> but it was it was visually impressive but it was coherent enough that i wasn't lost in the sequence and of course he sends all the the spider-man back till it's just him and peter again and he grabs him the same he's like peter's like no i i'm gonna do this and he he grabs him kind of in the same hole that he had grabbed him and he's like He's like, all right, get out of this, and he's like, all right, you got me, kid. You're 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 Spider Man now. He's like, yeah, this is your world. You know, finish it, and goes back to his Earth, and it's just him and him and Fisk, and this kid that has known shit up to this point is finally a badass. <laughs> it's like, you know, like yeah, with the great power also comes like martial arts and stuff that you didn't know. <laughs> he used the force. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Aunt May taught him a lot of shit in that five minutes he was in the spider cave because. He's suddenly like a badass and getting it, but then again, you know, your whole like the whatever spider senses, I guess, kind of gives you heightened reaction time. Like it's kind of like a, whatever the Matrix, where it's like you go, you got to learn that uh, your limitations aren't real; that you can pretty much do whatever you set your mind to. And once he kind of accepts his role as the hero, you know, with that comes greater skills. But <laughs> yeah, that that fight scene with the uh, with Fisk in the middle of the the collider till he finally. Gets his goober in the hole and <laughs> shuts everything down was was uh, fairly impressive. Well, I also you know love the the reference because anybody that's ever used a USB drive, I don't understand how, but it always takes three times to get it right. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, no, that's not. Let me flip over. Still not right. Let me put. It, oh yeah, put it back the same way I had it the first time. Now it goes in. <laughs> I don't know. It's an amazing device. (laughs) (laughs) So simple yet so complex. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, when he, uh, that final fight too. And, you know, to go back to talking about how Whisk and uh, Fisk is so, such like an arrogant magnomaniac. Like when they go to his, like they figure out the entrance to the, the, the cave that they had been is under his like tower and they get there to break in and he's hosting a memorial for the Peter Parker that he killed. Like, I mean, that's how much of a like fucking dude who like just thinks he's like the, you know, can do no wrong, even though he's like you know, the master of evil. He's like having a memorial service for the guy he killed. Well, because he mean, wants to be like the hero and stuff. You know, I mean, it's it's the art of deception, right? I mean, 
you know, they they always say keep your friends close, but your enemies closer, and you know, there you go. I mean, what better way to get public heat off of you than you know, do these things that. Oh, he's a he's a great guy. Look what he's doing and everything else. Which I don't know. I mean the that whole interaction that takes place in the tower between uh, Peter Parker and uh, Mary Jane was kind of interesting over the, the the whole bread thing because <laughs> yes. he's so desperately like I'm so sorry and everything. She's like, "What are you talking about? I just wanted bread. <laughs> we will, you deserve all the bread. We will get you all the bread." Because from his world, you know, he's divorced from uh, from Mary Jane. And that's another thing too. You know, his and his like you know explanation of why they broke up in his universe is because he was afraid to have kids. He's like, you know, I'm I do a lot of dangerous shit. I'm like, I don't really want to bring a kid into this world, and she wanted kids, so they broke up. So not only did you know. Miles learned to be a hero from him. He kind of learned to be a father by, you know, kind of mentoring Miles. And was like, oh, shit, maybe I, maybe I can have kids. Yeah. And, and when he goes back to his world, you know, he goes, you know, back to Mary Jane and, like, you know, uh, apologizes. And you assume they get they get back to back together and uh, give it another shot. Who knows? The sequel, he may still be washed up living in a <laughs> in a house with no, no bed to sleep on the floor. But, you know, theoretically. I mean, pizza you know, and tacos. He, uh, you know, lived happily ever after. <laughs> I don't know. So what? what's the next film? Back to the Spider-Verse or? <laughs> yeah, they probably end up in someone else's like spider Because, you know, at the end, you know, you get, uh, you know, he goes back to, to school and, and uh, you know, tells his roommate, like, and it's very much like uh, uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man when, he, when his, his buddy, uh, <laughs> becomes his like confidant. It kind of reminded me of that uh, where he's like, "Hey, dude. By the way, I'm roommates. We finally. Met. I'm also Spider Man. So we cool now." <laughs> but then he's like, you know, that portal opens up over his bed as he's chilling, and you hear Gwen like, "Hey, Miles. Like, can you help me out?" So I was like, "Of course, there's gonna be some other, you know, Spider Verse uh, sequel. As, as much money and as much kind of accolades as this gotten. Yeah, there's definitely gonna be other." Or they, I mean, they even could be spinoffs where like the individual Spider Mans get their own. Because I really want to see a uh, Spider Man noir. Like, well, full, I mean, and I, I love the the whole running gag. You know, any anybody familiar with noir? Air, um, where you know he's got a Rubik's cube, and you know, for the life of him, he's like, I can't figure out this strange box. <laughs> he's like, it's it's hypnotizing, and he's like, because he's like, he's from a world where everything's black and white, and he's like. Trying to solve this puzzle that's about colors. He keeps asking Spider Ham. He's like, Is this yellow? No. Is this red? No. <laughs> and that whole when they're saying goodbye, and he's like, He's like, I'm taking this cube. I don't understand it, but I will solve its mystery. Because he speaks in that, like, that kind of like 40s era, like, acting. <laughs> like, just the, the speechifying he does is, is kind of hilarious. It's like the perfect role for Nicolas Cage. Yes. And even the pig's like, I want you to have my mallet. It'll fit in your pocket. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. There's like the, the little, end, yeah. And you know, there's been like, there's like, you know, Spider-Man 2099. There's been other spider verses that they could uh, definitely introduce. Uh, if they do a, a sequel, like, you know, expand the, the spider team to other, other Spider-Man. I want to see like Japanese anime Spider-Man where he's like got a sword and is all like ninja fight and shit. That would be cool. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, even though the machine is destroyed, you know, the the spider is still very much alive, you know. 
So I'm, I'm wondering, you know, is it, you know, it's going to be iron spider. <laughs> oh, that'd be badass too. Yeah. It's like, you know, they end up in like the real world spider verse, <laughs> like Tom Holland's in the next one. Like all the animated spider people end up in the real world or he ends up in the, the animated world. That would be messed up. Holy shit. Could you imagine, you know, we know how Avengers, you know, left off. What if all these alternate dimension, you know, Spider-Man, you know, randomly show up and, you know, all of the other... <laughs> take down Thanos. Yes, you know, it's like, you, you've you only impacted this universe. There are so many other universes that, you know... Well, theoretically, maybe the there is a Miles Morales in the MCU because uh, in that Spider-Man Homecoming, the first one, the, you know thug that uh he questions to get information and like leaves him stuck to the car that's his uncle because he mentions he's got a got a nephew named miles and everything so technically you know they could introduce miles morales into the regular mcu at some point <laughs> they've already established that you know he exists uh somewhere in that that era so maybe you know a few a uh, few years down the line, when Tom Holland retires as uh, Spider Man, they they introduce Miles Morales to the. I MCU. still can't get over, you know. I mean, God. plus he's like he's twelve, so they can do like thirty movies with him. <laughs> <laughs> or at least he looks like he's twelve. <laughs> uh, it's got to be like the Stranger Things kids, you know. They're gonna like, how do we CGI you to make you look twelve again? <laughs> hey, if they can make Robert Downey Jr. Jr. look like he's eighteen or whatever, I mean, they can. <laughs> And keep Tom Holland young forever. <laughs> I mean, hell, they made uh, what's Science his name? Is uh, scary. Hank Pym young again. <laughs> Marvel Disney definitely has the uh, the technologies to uh, <laughs> to do this. Um, but um, I do like when, uh, like, after he's defeated Fizz, the building's blown up and all that stuff. He, uh, you know, he sees his dad too in that final battle, and his dad's like, you know. I can't believe I'm saying this, but like kick his ass, Spider-Man and kind of starts cheering for him. And then like afterward, he's like, he shows up and he's like, he's a, you know, good job officer. You need any help? And then like hugs him (laughs) like awkwardly. And he's just like, uh, okay, (laughs) Spider-Man. He's like, love you, man. He's like, uh, love you too, (laughs) Spider-Man. So confused. (laughs) but It's it's just kind of a sweet moment, but it's hilarious just how awkward it is. I mean, you know, what else you going to do? You know, I mean, it's like I've now taken on this role that I know you, you know, disprove of. So, you know, maybe if I show you some some love and some kindness, you know, you'll you'll be like, oh, he's not so bad. Yeah, because he's he's big place. Like Spider-Man shows up like, you know, kicks the bad guys and like takes off. And so he's like, good job, officers. Y'all did a good job. (laughs) He's like trying to like. Fix the things that you know he knows his dad hates about Spider-Man. He's like, I'm going to do it differently than uh, than my my world Spider-Man. But I don't know. Yeah, that whole like awkward hug was just <laughs> just kind of hilarious. That too, and his dad too, like the typical dad stuff when he takes him to school for the first time. He's like, he's like, I you he's know, like, I could so see you doing that too. You <laughs> he's know? like, I love you, man. He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And he gets out of the car and he gets on the PA. The proper response is to say, I love you too, Dad. He's like, what? He's like. Say it or I'm not leaving. Fine, I love you. I'm <laughs> just like on the PA. And like it's bad enough it's his first day at a new school. His dad just like ultimately uh, <laughs> just embarrasses the fuck out of him on an epic scale, which was which was excellent. 
I mean, at some point you gotta harden up. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I was gonna make a really bad reference, but I, I <laughs> stayed away from it. Yay! With his goober. <laughs> I learned there's always a goober to uh <laughs> to save the world. <laughs> oh. In the end we're all just goobers. <laughs> and another thing too, the the music from this movie was actually pretty good. And I'm not you know, a big fan of like You know, this was modern one film day rap <laughs> that I don't think I knew any of the songs. No. Like I was like, hmm, it's a sign I'm getting old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, everything I've been watching lately has had, like, classic rock and stuff in it. So it's like, yeah, and most modern rap is, like, the freaking mumble rap I can't stand. But the musical, you know, stuff, you know, even though I'm, like, I'm, I'm getting old, I have no idea who these artists are. You know, I've heard of Post Malone. That's about it. But uh, it, was, you know, it had, like, a cool soundtrack to it. You know, it wasn't uh, crappy modern music. It was halfway decent modern music. I may have to, you know, give the new, new school a listen because it wasn't as bad as what I normally hear on the, on the radios and stuff. So as we wrap up this web, uh, <laughs> any final thoughts on on the Warfighter uh, 50 cal? Oh, it doesn't kick as hard as, as a normal 50 cal. It's <laughs> the, the recoil, you know, um, it definitely didn't leave me with a bruised shoulder. Um, you know, lungs still feel like they're intact. I, I don't feel any squishy, meshy spots. Uh so um, I, I have, I guess I can say I survived the impact of a fifty cal. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely like um, uh, it, kind of mild, mild out. Uh, where it's, I mean, it's still spicy, like that leathery, but it wasn't as uh, strong as I assumed it would be. It's definitely a, like a smoother uh, finish to it. It is. This this is a a just. Good cigar to sit down and relax with. And the more I smoke this, the more I need whiskey in my life. <laughs> um, just because the, the flavor profile and the smoothness, I mean, it, it would complement so well. And coming from a company like Warfighter Tobacco, I would imagine that there's probably a lot of whiskey consumption that goes on. <laughs> um, but it, there's a a complexity and a strength that is, it doesn't just jump out and hit you, you know, in the face. And that's that's kind of the cool thing that I'm really digging about this cigar is it's there. But it doesn't smoke like, you know, the, uh, what was the, the other cigar? Um, the Hoyo, um. Oh, the, um, Hoyo Black, uh, yeah. Lamastad we had last week. Or the Diablo. But this, you know, is still what I'm going to consider a, a full flavored cigar. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, this is definitely, like you said, definitely one that and I, I, would be a good pair. Because that's one thing we've said is like. If you're gonna have a strong flavorful whiskey, you don't want to have a cigar that is so powerful that it overpowers the whiskey, but also not so mild that it doesn't blend where all you're tasting is the whiskey. This has got enough like complexity and strength to it that 
I think it would balance well with some, you know, yes. like a, a nice oaky uh, bourbon. And it's, I, I, I don't know, man. I, uh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm definitely going to have to order a sampler, and you know, I, I want to try, you know, some additional smokes from the lineup because, uh, you know, what I've tried right here. I mean, you know, looking at the construction, looking at, you know, the. I mean. I gotta say their packaging too is really cool because I mean if you order a box it comes in like a wooden box it looks almost like an ammo crate, but the five pack I got the little box it was in looked like a, a magazine I mean it looked like a uh, <laughs> a rifle magazine <laughs> it, with the cigars and it were the bullets and it even came with like a little is that California compliant maybe <laughs> I mean it only holds five rounds so yeah I think they're good <laughs> and then it had like a I've been using it as a bookmark because it was about the size of a bookmark that has like each of their blends and a little description about them. Then it has this cool quote on the back of it of what it is to be a warfighter and and it, you know, it was like I said, kind of cool branding. I, I thought uh, I, I like when I come across something that's got some some interesting uh, <laughs> interesting branding and uh, the, but this also a good cigar, not just a you know novelty item. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I mean. I'm going to need more of these. And with that, we'll be right back. My name is Peter Porker. Spider-Ham, Spider-Ham, friendly neighborhood Spider-Ham. Spins a web, that's the gig. Kind of weird, cast. he's a pig. Look out, here comes the Spider-Ham. Life is the play to begin When trouble's in the making You'll find the Spider-Man Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse What a pig I'm right here Yes, science And welcome back to the podcast It's time for some science You ready to enter the multiverse And, and talk about some, some science So am I going to do some Interdimensional travels, perhaps. We are going to break out the uh, the collider and punch a hole into into some other reality. Doesn't involve my goober, does it? It might. <laughs> you got to oh punch boy. something with your goober to open up the hole. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! Well, you know we're. This is a story not about a spider, but a different kind of bug. Uh, we're coming up on on Valentine's Day is in a in a couple of days and. And a uh, zoo in El Paso, the El Paso Zoo in Texas, has got a Valentine's special they're doing. <laughs> and I got to say, the more I read about shit that happens in Texas, I'm like, Texas sounds like a cool-ass place. If I had to live somewhere else, like I, I might have to be Texas, because they got guns and, and all kind of cool shit out there. And so if uh, you're not celebrating a happy Valentine's Day, um, they have a... Uh, <laughs> basically, you can... Go onto their Facebook page and submit the name of an ex, and they're going to name a cockroach after your ex. And they they're even posting the names on their Facebook page. And at the zoo, there will be a list of all the names that have been submitted. And on at two fifteen p.m. on Valentine's Day, they're going to do a live video uh, on their Facebook page where you can watch your ex being fed to a family of meerkats. <laughs> In the form of a cockroach. In the form of a cockroach. <laughs> I was about to say, hmm, meerkats at cannibal. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> I don't think they eat corpses. <laughs> but apparently they, they, they regularly give, uh, if you're like, that sounds weird. But apparently, you know, 
they regularly feed the meerkats and some of the other animals cockroaches as like kind of like a a treat. <laughs> and so far, this has been so successful. I think they've said they've had uh, you know nearly fifteen hundred names submitted so far. So they're like, we're not gonna be able to feed them all to uh, <laughs> to the meerkats because that would be a whole lot. But you know, they're also gonna give some of the roaches to some of the other animals. So don't worry, your uh, your your ex will eventually get eaten. It may not get eaten during the live stream, but. Yeah, you know, every name's going to get a roach, and every roach is going to get a mouth eventually. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Oh. I mean, they should just bundle it up, you know, and be like, okay, this this one here is, you know, Jake, Jill, Hester, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they got multiple multiple yes. names. Yeah, and the, the that cheating bastard. The name of the event is called "Quit Bugging Me." <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, so yeah, that's uh, an interesting way to celebrate uh, celebrate Valentine's Day. Watching meerkats eat cockroaches. I'm just gonna have to Google that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I may have to like tune into that uh, that live stream just to see what goes on. Because I got a very common name, so I'm sure <laughs> mine will appear multiple times. Oh, fuck. Uh, should you should like give him a fake name? Be like, uh, this is the road uh, D's nuts. <laughs> Spider goober. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's never going to end, is it? Nope. Um, and other weird science news. Uh, there's a new groundbreaking technology that translates brain patterns into speech. Basically, uh, researchers at Columbia University has uh, come up with a new way to because uh, it's something that's been tried in, in the past with that has involved uh, like high end brain, you know, EKG scans, trying to recognize brain patterns to void. And it's never been quite successful. So, but now they're kind of using a, a new method of doing it published in uh, scientific reports that, uh, you know, basically the using artificial intelligence and speech synthesizers, kind of like what, Amazon and Google is doing with Alexa and, and Apple with Siri uh, these because uh, the way those things learn to to synthesize speech is that you know, kind of learn real community that you know, train these AIs using you know, recorded communications. And what they did was also people that were kind of uh, already undergoing brains, uh, brain scans that are people with like ALS and some of that people that are already you know, having their brain operated on to begin with, they let them listen to speech or, you know, expose their brains to like recorded speech and noticed where, what different uh, areas of the brain were activated in response to two different words. So they, they're kind of um, figuring out what patterns appear in your brain based on, on what words you're hearing and eventually get to the point where the, synthesized AI can recognize these patterns in the brain and convert them into speech. They say this is going to be something good for, you know, not only um, us communicate, having, you know, you know, being able to communicate with computers without actually, you know, talking or interacting with like a keyboard, but also people like Stephen Hawking and stuff like that, you know, being able to people who have some kind of inability to speak, it's going to allow them. I mean, it's kind of very rudimentary, right now and you're not going to be able to like have full on fluent conversations using this technology, but 
but you know, it will eventually evolve into that is what they're hoping. But yeah, people who have, who are, you know, like Stephen Hawking's that, that can't speak due to some kind of like ALS or whatever, this is going to, you know, allow them to communicate easier than like, you know, Hawking's with his, like uh, I think it was like a mouth controlled computer. Whatnot is going to be, make that interface much simpler uh, and user friendly. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering there's a um you know a, a local Atlanta reporter uh some folks may be familiar Jamie Dupree re- does you know a lot of different you know reports on you know really covering different angles of of politics and you know recently I I, I don't know if it was AOLS or you know what it may have been but you know something caused him to no longer be able to verbalize speech and um I, I don't know the, the technology, so I don't know if it's this specific one or not, but, you know, basically they've, you know, uh, did an experimental thing and, you know, I've kind of been able to give him, you know, a, a digitized voice and stuff. And, uh, yeah, according you to know, this- they, they actually just awarded him like, um, you know, journalist of the year or, or, or something of that nature. And, um, you know, I mean, it's really cool to see these innovations and everything happen that, you know, can, you know, give folks that second chance, you know. <laughs> My only thing is, like, you know, it like with this, you don't even have to, like, say the word, just thinking about words like that. Hopefully they're going to be able to develop a uh, way to differentiate between stuff I want to say out loud and stuff I'm just thinking, you know, because <laughs> sometimes the thoughts that pop into your head, like somebody's talking and you just think to yourself, man, this is a dumb motherfucker here. You know, you, you wouldn't normally say out loud. You know, I'm, I'm hoping the, uh, the robo voice bots can differentiate that and not just like accidentally re- release your inner <laughs> true thoughts to the world. Cause that could get awkward real quick. That'd be more awkward than a Spider-Man dad hug. Yeah. <laughs> Or you're, you know, see some girl and you, you you think something and all of a sudden your uh your speaker and your phone uh transmits yeah, it can get you in trouble real quick. <laughs> oh. And also uh the National Centers for Environmental Information. Uh we've possibly got our you know, speaking of some poll work, uh the mag- Earth's magnetic show uh polls may uh be reversing. South will be north and north will be south and everything will be all nimbly bimbly. Huh. <laughs> uh is that a good thing? <laughs> well, you know, it sounds very apocalyptic, but they say <laughs> actually there's there's evidence that this type of thing has happened in the past in different fossil or and normally it's like In our lifetimes? Well in in they say it shifts like, you know, up to like 30 miles every year. It's not a kind of a set stationary point, but it really has no effect on like biology and life and everything will kind of continue to go on. The only thing that's going to, that will cause problems is, is for smartphones, consumer electronics and navigation technology, you know, stuff like your GPS. It's based on, you know, it's now going to point South instead (laughs) of North. (laughs) Yeah. So they're like, and they're, they're saying that, you know, uh, the, 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 like so the the national centers for environmental information monitor this stuff and kind of send out updates to uh to correct navigation on usually about a 5 year basis but apparently the most the recent changes have been so dramatic that they're 
actually, you know, going to release an update uh, several years ahead of schedule. And this may be something they're going to have to update more often if it keeps, you know, drastically changing like it has been in, in recent times. Interesting. So is this something that can be fixed with, like, software update? It's it's, it's the new Y2K. Yeah. Like I said, it was a, supposedly it's, like, not going to really have any effect on life, but may make your uh, your GPS so even, even now, less accurate, so it's, you might going to need some software it, updates. Okay, so living in the south, this is like winter storms where they say this will have no impact and <laughs> yeah, then we're you know, all we get fucked. a you know, yeah. fucking blizzard or... Or what was that uh, that freaking movie where the Earth's like core stopped rotating and they had to go in and, uh, and restart the core because all those electrical storms and earthquakes were happening wasn't that called the core I think. might have been yeah i think so i've watched it at the cigar shop a couple times but i don't think i've ever seen it from like start to finish <laughs> but yeah it's like they're like just saying oh no don't worry anytime the government says don't worry about something that's exactly when you should probably worry <laughs> it's almost like ah, we don't want to cause mass panic yeah we're in world war z we're all screwed and speaking of uh panic you know, we, we've talked about wanting to do a Bigfoot episode and go visit the Bigfoot Museum. Well, in the last couple of weeks, there has been multiple Bigfoot sightings here in Georgia uh, in the Union County area. Interesting. So, yeah, the first, uh, <laughs> first sighting was uh, in Union County, south of Blairsville, off of Highway 129, where a... A uh, retired couple was returning home from Gainesville at approximately 1230 and their headlights hit to what they said was a, you know, a brown uh, Sasquatch uh, walk across the highway about 50 foot in front of them. And they said it, they saw it in their headlights. It, it got a very good look and it turned and kind of looked at them and then stepped off in a, an embankment and finished crossing the road, which, you know, that's weird in and of itself but what makes this story even weirder is then less than a week later in nearly the same area just maybe a couple miles up the road there was a second this time a daytime sasquatch bigfoot uh sighting uh so if you live in the blairsville area and travel uh 129 from uh from gainesville toward vogel state park keep your eyes out there may be a sasquatch in the area the second uh, sighting, again, uh lady said she, it was about 50 feet from her car and said it was walking on two legs uh, up a very steep, uh, like too steep for you know, like a normal person to, to walk up hillside. Uh, said so it looked to be about seven foot tall, again, dark brown, very bulky with a slightly pointed head and arms that were much longer than a man's. And it was like, you know, walking up a very steep embankment, but uh, taking long strides like it wasn't a problem for this thing. So yeah, like I said, if you're in the uh, the North Georgia area, uh, keep your eyes out for possible Sasquatch sightings. I totally want to go squatching now. We <laughs> we have to go to that museum. I totally want to like Blairsville is not that far away. <laughs> I want I want to. We need to get Bigfoot on the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> or at least smoke a stogie with him. Like you know, take some like yes you know, selfies with Bigfoot. You're smoking big a cigar. and bearded, you could probably pass as a squatch. <laughs> we could communicate with him. Like you're big and hairy, I'm big and hairy. You want to smoke something? <laughs> He's all about nature and shit. I mean, he could probably, he'd probably enjoy yeah, a cigar. It's probably not tobacco. Probably not. <laughs> He's probably smoking that uh... <laughs> that Sasquatch weed. <laughs> it's like, man, I never knew. Uh... 
Probably kudzu. <laughs> I mean, I have that new tactical Yeti patch. <laughs> I'd be like, come on, man. See, I got the patch. We should be homies. <laughs> oh, we're going to be the guy that finally discovers Bigfoot. Well, you you heard it here f- f- first, folks. Uh, <laughs> I guess we'll put the podcast on hiatus until we find us a squatch. <laughs> Uh, we'll take him to Dragon Con. Everybody will think it's a costume. He'll fit right in. <laughs> Man, that's the best Chewbacca ever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that could be the whole new movie. It's like uh, freaking Harry and the Hendersons. It's like a new version of that where we sneak Bigfoot into <laughs> Dragon Con. Uh, and with that, <laughs> we'll be right back. Why should I listen to the Nerd List Podcast? Because we go there. Where? Everywhere. Human sexuality. They don't care what's in your pants. They love you anyway. Time travelers. The problem is time will f*** back with you. Politics and fandom. What Star Wars has been prior to Disney. It is a white male-driven universe. Find us at nerdlistpodcast.com. And on social media at nerdlistpod. Part of this complete breakfast and the ESO Network. The Nerd List Podcast. Listen! And now it's time for all things nerdy in Nerd News. And welcome back. Time for some nerd news. Yeah, news. Okay, so um, the Super Bowl is wrapped up. Tom Brady now has all the Infinity Stones. So, uh, gonna snap and dust half of the NFL. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but something mysterious happened, and, uh, we, uh, we managed to get ourselves a, uh, little 45, 46 second in game trailer for Avengers 4. Oh, yeah. We got it. Like, that's the, probably the, for someone who doesn't care about football, the highlight of Super Bowl is all the new movie trailers we get. <laughs> well, not only the the movie trailers, but um, you know, I I made the comment earlier that it's cool to be a nerd, but I mean, I, okay, we'll, we'll digress from the Avengers trailer just for a second, and that Budweiser Game of Thrones commercial <laughs> took a whole different direction than what I would have anticipated from a typical Budweiser, you know commercial we no longer have the funny frogs or anything no it's straight up game of thrones and uh the the dragons decimated all <laughs> nice so uh I, that was probably one of my my favorite commercials but um you know okay going back to avengers still don't know a whole hell of a lot more than you know we did and uh you know something that's coming out in like three two three months ish i mean marvel's doing what we Seem to talk about always when there's a Marvel trailer on. It doesn't blow the hey, entire story yes. in the trailer. And um, I'm, I got to say, at least this time, we got some rocket. There was no rocket in the last one, <laughs> but there was definitely rocket in this one. Yes, uh, we did get to see rocket. And, um, you know, I, that's actually a pretty good segue. Um, I was going to kind of end on this, but I don't really like to end on a, a, a sad or negative note. But... Um, the real-life Rocket Raccoon model has died. Um, his name was Oreo. Uh, he was 10 years old, and, uh, you know... We, sweet, sweet rabbit. Yep, that's, uh, you know, kind of what they used to portray the character and everything else. And, uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, 
and the the photos of like of Oreo was like damn adorable. <laughs> and mean. it's it's not what you would expect to. Yeah, uh, raccoons usually by nature are not very friendly. Um, very you know trash panda, but uh, <laughs> but this one I guess was a, t- a tame uh, <laughs> a tame raccoon and. There's like plenty of f- photos of it sitting on James Gunn's like shoulder and <laughs> and everything else. So yeah, I mean, what was it? The 2014 premiere where he uh, was alongside uh, James Gunn, you know, <laughs> and then I, I I don't know. I mean, you know, but yeah, uh, to go back to that trailer too. That's you know because the Avengers Assemble moment. You know, that the show in the trailer of like the surviving Avengers kind of marching together somewhere and you see, you know, Rocket and <laughs> as an Avenger, I was like, I just thought that was kind of kind of badass seeing him like march with the crew. Yes, absolutely. And uh I you know I am I'm, I'm sure we'll probably get a, a final trailer, you know, a month or so before the release. I mean, you know, we're we're getting down to the wire. I mean, uh, it's set to arrive what April twenty sixth, two thousand and nineteen. I mean, so who's counting? We are in the <laughs> uh, the final countdown to the end game. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Probably one of the the most anticipated movies. I, I I'm curious how long that one's going to be in theaters. But that's the other thing I saw this week that uh, the Russo brothers has they've confirmed. Uh, a possible three hour runtime for Endgame. Yes. I mean, uh, this is going to be huge. Uh, there's no word whether or not there's, there may or may not be an intermission, but yeah, three hours to kind of wrap up this. Cause yeah, is, is big as the last one, the infinity war ended. There's a whole lot of shit to figure out in a, <laughs> in an hour and a half. So yeah, but three I hour mean, runtime, you know, that's going to be, be epic or uh, ass numbing. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I I think Lord of the Rings, and I know you're not a Lord of the Rings fan, but, uh, you know, I mean, I can reasonably get through those movies and it doesn't necessarily feel bad. I mean, you know, keeping in mind that it's not all that uncommon now to get a two-hour and 20-minute runtime movie. So, I mean, you know, and another when, 40 minutes and, you know, for me, those the films are so immersive that I kind of lose all, you know, concept of time. It's like when I get wrapped up in a video game and I'm like, oh, it's been, you know, maybe a couple of hours. Oh, that was eight hours. Oops. <laughs> yeah, and we did, you know, we didn't do the, the entire Mar- Marvel Universe marathon, but we did the, when uh, uh, Age of Ultron came out, we did the double feature of Avengers 1 and Age of Ultron back-to-back and. Like those were so engaging that yeah, I didn't feel like I was sitting there for four hours. Yes. So uh, I mean, if if they keep on pace as the movies have been, you know, three hours probably going to seem like you know an hour and a half <laughs> once we're done with it. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm just more. It's like the entire theater is going to be Avengers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's 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 crazy. Um. So we also got the TV spot for um, you know another Marvel movie, Captain Marvel. Yeah, we're not talking about Shazam either. <laughs> I have seen that trailer, and um, uh, which that's coming I, I, out pretty I, soon too. I, it looks, I don't it looks know, man. You know, 
Shazam is one of those that's so quirky that, you know, it's easy to underestimate, you know, how powerful of a character exactly. Shazam really is. Zach Levi is always, always fun. I used to love that show Chuck, so. I mean, it's basically Marvel Superman. Yeah. I think, in fact, I think Shazam may even have powers more capable than Superman. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, we're talking about the, the Marvel, uh, uh, Captain Marvel, uh, uh, which... That's Marvel, Captain Marvel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the trailer looks pretty good. I mean, I, I'm not hugely familiar with that character, but it's, you know, I'd, I'd like that it's kind of taking place in a 90s era. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, we've gotten so much 80s nostalgia recently that 90s nostalgia, that's how we know we're fucking old is because now the 90s is, is this nostalgia era. I mean, there's a blockbuster in, in <laughs> In the first trailer, you're like, remember those kids? No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, those were the days. And you know, Samuel Jackson with two eyes. <laughs> when has that happened? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm so uh, expecting that cat to be the the one that takes him out. And you know, supposedly Coulson's back. So that's that's secretly how um, you know Samuel L. Jackson got the uh, the patch as the cat scratched his eye. Yep. <laughs> it wasn't some heroic thing. He pissed off a cat, and a cat clawed him. Because <laughs> cats are assholes. Yep, fuzzy terrorists. Whoa, that may have taken a little far. No, I have a fuzzy terrorist at home. <laughs> He's pure evil. <laughs> <laughs> well, you contributed to its upbringing, <laughs> I suppose. Um, all right, moving on to a completely different genre. We got a new trailer for the Pet Cemetery film, and uh, which remind me a lot of my cat. <laughs> did it give you PTSD? A little bit. <laughs> Been attacked in the night uh, by a zombified cat. Oh, pretty that, much, you know, brings back all kinds of other creatures, and uh, turns out he was just high on catnip. <laughs> he wasn't a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's crazy the effect that catnip has on cats. I mean, their eyes get all dilated. It's, it's, it's like, it's like, whoa, where'd that burst of energy come oh, from? See the size of the dragon in the kitchen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, I mean, this one, this this trailer, by far a lot creepier than the first one. Kind of reminds me of like the other. Stephen King remakes we've seen recently, like it and um, I was the. There's a couple other movies. It's like, like the remakes have always have been way darker than <laughs> than the original, you know, versions. They, they and yeah, and this one looks. You know, I don't know if uh, I kind of missed the the weird Boston uh, or like north north uh, eastern accents from the original. Like you know, here in uh, here in you know whatever dead is better and a more normal accent just is not as impactful as dead is better <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I, I don't know you know I, I might have some like international voice dubs or something <laughs> you know that way be more accent fitting i guess I don't uh, know. but yeah this this looks like legit creepy but i mean you know that's the thing is you know i i, I thoroughly enjoyed it you know um can't wait till we get the uh, second part of it. <laughs> wait a second. Um, but yeah, this this is one of those that you know. I mean, the the first Pet Cemetery movie, ah, 
wasn't the greatest in my opinion, but you know, this updated version, I'm like, ah, oh, shit, you know, modern graphics, CGI, and everything else just kind of amps everything to a whole new level. That and creepy kids too, like that's like the, the a one lot of, movie a lot of creepy like, kids. Like I don't know, I kind of had like some some sign flashbacks a little bit, you know, <laughs> when you see them walking around with the mask and you know Oof. stuff like that. But uh, you know, it's not. M. Night Shyamalan, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Yeah, anyone who's been woken up by a child at like, you know, one in the morning, uh, a foot from your face, <laughs> knows the horror that this movie is going to instill. <laughs> if you've almost punched a five-year-old, <laughs> this movie is going <laughs> to scare the shit out of you. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's almost up there with the creepy doll factor. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of creepy dolls, there's a uh, Chucky in the works. Yeah, that trailer looks weird too. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's uh, the jury's still out on on whether that one's going to be uh, worth seeing. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, everything is so digital now. Like, you know, even the origin the, story is like, like the, from the trailer. I'm like, is this like AI gone bad? Are they taking out the whole? demon possessed serial killer aspect of it i don't know man like it, it, i don't know it looks weird you know growing up as a kid you know it was like oh i got a you know mr fix it or you know a good buddy doll or something <laughs> you know but that's not really a thing for kids now everything is digitized and i don't know i don't i, I think they have to change it to you know like you real you know said like 80s nostalgia is great for people of our age, but, you know, fast forward 10 years and people's like, I don't get it. This is dumb. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, you know, get yeah, some Tide Pods. Was dolls anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be be interesting to see how they, they update uh, <laughs> the Chucky storyline. So something else that's got to update is uh, we've got our first full-length uh, trailer to Fast and Furious 9, um, 9 Hobbs and Shaw. At this point, they just need to take Fast and Furious out of the title, you know, because... It's looking more and more like Triple X. It's it's very much spy thriller action movie now instead of <laughs> old school uh, uh, Fast and the Furious. But, you know... But yeah. then again, a buddy action movie with... Yeah, Jason Stratham, and Dwayne Rock, Johnson, and, you know... It's, it's kind of the movie we've always wanted... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, yes, I think it'll be good, you know, but that, you know, that just doesn't look very fast and the furious. No, I mean they did throw the throwback where you got, you know, the car drifting under the tractor trailer, you know, and you know, but I mean, we we've seen that now and it's like it doesn't quite have the impact that the first Fast and Furious did, you know, which then again, I guess maybe because I'm not a uh a ricer or a tuner, you know, I, <laughs> I, I grew up, I guess. I was no longer trying to put, you know, $10,000 worth of work in a $500 vehicle. <laughs> but, uh... Speaking of which, have you seen the goblins? Yes. I kind of want one of those. <laughs> like the green goblin? No, it's a, <laughs> it's a kit car that, you know, drivetrain-wise, it's a Chevy Cobalt, but it's like a fucking, like, doom buggy street racer <laughs> but yeah it's like you know you buy a junked uh, cobalt and put a ten thousand dollar uh kit car together and you can you know go racing <laughs> well i mean that's what uh you know we used to do that growing up uh 
redneck and everything. I mean, rail buggies, you know, take a, you know, 60 or, you know, 70s model Volkswagen bug and, you know, Let's well, like build out, you know, a bunch of uh, metal tubing, and you know, it's so lightweight that you know, yeah, you slap an engine on the back of it, and you know, because that's like they've just released. They've got the the original one's kind of a street racer, but like the newest version, they've done an off road, and it very much looks like the old Doom buggy rail buggies. So those were always a a a blast and a um you know bit of a uh, butt puckering experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So. Um, yeah, I guess we're going to continue back on this whole uh, Marvel kick and, uh, you know, talk a little bit about our, our friends over at Disney. Take it away. Okay. Um, so there's been a lot of speculation and a lot of debate on the direction that Disney's going to go with, you know, a lot of the movies, especially things. Uh, they own everything. You know, with an R rating, you know, and Disney launching their streaming service and everything. It's like. You know, are are they going to no longer produce R-rated films or, you know, what are they going to do? You know, I mean, you know, you can't have Porky Pig necessarily associated <laughs> with, you know, a, a Deadpool. And at this point, they've gotten so big now that they may have to uh, lighten up on their uh, family friendly uh, uh, stuff because like they, you know, own Fox and own everything else now. They, they're going to have to kind of adultify uh, some of their content. So here's what is potentially in the works. Of course, it's not finalized, but your, you know, more adult-themed, you know, superhero films, you know, they're looking to put on Hulu and not necessarily make it a part of the streaming service. Keep the streaming service, you know, maybe PG-13 and below, Hulu take on, you know, everything PG-13 and above. Uh, which, you know, I, I would be okay. I've already got a Hulu subscription, so, you know, that pretty much, you know, makes me null and void for having to sign up for another subscription service outside of anything, you know, maybe Star Wars related. But I mean, same thing, I think it would be easier to, I mean, when you sign into your Netflix, you've got, you know, regular Netflix or kids Netflix. I mean, why not just keep it all within the same service? It would probably make more sense. But then but again, they're I, like, I, I, we I, want I, people to describe, to describe to two things so we can get more money out of them. Or, you know, hey, I just want the more mature content. So I'm going to just stay subscribed to that thing I'm already subscribed to. So, um, you know, but uh, the, the CEO of Disney, you know, did come out and say that, hey, there is, you know, room for, you know, R-rated films. And, you know, the success has been, you know, proven and we understand that folks want that. So he kind of doubled down on that stance. So, you know. Yeah, cause st uh, I mean, stuff like Logan and, and Deadpool has made far too much money to kind of ignore. The cat is out of the bag at this point to go back to we only make family friendly PG shit. Yes. All right. Um, we talked enough about Marvel. Let's talk a little bit about DC. So Aquaman was the highest grossing DC movie of all time. No no real surprise there, I don't <laughs> yeah. think. Um, but, a, um, you know, some talks of a sequel are in the works that, you know, James Wan is saying, hey, I really like the Trench universe, and I want to do more around that. So 
there is you know potentially going to be a tv series exploring that universe <laughs> that sounds weird but i mean you know we we talked about it though yeah i mean you know think of you know you saw the seahorses you saw the sharks you know there's a lot that you know they can do within atlantis you know that yeah, I mean, could probably make a pretty cool TV series. I mean, they've introduced the concept of the multiple kingdoms within the the sea world. So, I mean, there's different you know areas for them to explore, and some of the trench related has the potential for a more horror esque uh, series, which would be kind of kind of cool. You know, that you know DC dark uh, universe would be a <laughs> be an interesting way to go because i mean things are kind of getting all mixed up now because we've confirmed that you know there's no more batfleck they've they've announced officially that they're recasting batman and i believe superman's already been uh said he's they're going to recast that as well so they're making some changes over there where hopefully it's for the better and they kind of stick with this resurgence they got with aquaman and we don't go back to Zack snyder verse <laughs> absolutely um, and I didn't send you links on this, but, uh, we, we talked about it previously on a news segment and, um, you know, we were talking about nostalgia folks. If you have not played the resident evil Two remake, I highly, highly encourage you to fire up your PCs or your game consoles and relive, uh, the beauty that is raccoon city that has been, <laughs> reimagined reinvented and updated and uh man i uh i am just having an absolute blast with the game i'm so behind on my gaming i still haven't played freaking resident evil i'm not resident evil or red dead redemption 2 yeah but yeah that that looks uh dude the the graphics are intense and you know the the beauty is it's not just Hey, we took this game and you know updated the graphics engine. Like you know they've they've completely switched things around. You know in some scenarios and it you know so the the suspense and everything <laughs> is still there because you know even though it's been a very long time since I played the original Resident Evil two, you know like oh I, I know it's about to happen. Oh, there, there's things, things you know <laughs> there's things about to come crashing through the windows or whatever, and it's like oh wait a second that didn't happen oh shit what's coming up you know and uh it's it's you know just been a a reprising um you know foray um cannot wait for uh resident evil kind of reminds me of some haunted houses back in the day when i was going to a whole bunch of different haunted houses there was one particular that i went to and going through it it was exactly the same house as the previous year but they changed all the trigger points. So like you walk in, you'd be like, oh, I've seen this before. The thing's going to jump out of that wall. And all of a sudden, something completely different would happen from another So it's direction. a very good so like, misdirection. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, any other tidbits of news? Anything you want to share with the folks listening? Oh, that's, believe, all I, I can think of because uh, there's always something that we forgot, and then we'll do it in a future episode. So with that, check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're also on the ESO at ESONetwork.com. Uh, you can find uh, us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Cigar Nerd Pod. Uh, go give us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music. You can pick up our shirts at uh, RealMenSmokeCigars.com. And we also have a Zazzle store on our website and, and Facebook. 
And we'll end it with a quote from Stan Lee that uh, was in the credits of Into the Spider-Verse. And that is, that person who helps others simply because it should or must be done and because it is the right thing to do is indeed, without a doubt, a real superhero. Good night. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We're your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.